that we sang Sunday morning. And and I had to stop singing because everyone was singing so loud and it was so good. I had to take it in. What a what a blessing. Lord Lord uh, gives Tim good timing on these songs that we sing. Let's go ahead and turn to Judges chapter 6. And we'll be all over this chapter, but I will read verse 24 which will be our main text verse for the evening. Judges 6.24 reads, Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord, and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet an Ophrah of the Abizrites. Two painters got in a contest with each other. They wanted to see who could who could paint the best picture of peace. And so the first painter, he starts painting, and he paints a beautiful sunset over a still body of water. And you could see that reflection just just perfect on that body of water from from the sky. And it was it was a very good painting. It was very calming. It was it was peaceful, you would say. The next painter painted a picture of a storm and the sky was dark and there was lightning all over the place, water crashing upon the rocks. You can imagine the rolling thunder if there could be sound to it in that picture. But in the bottom corner, there were two large stones by the shore and there was a little bird that was painted in between those two large stones, and that bird was singing in the midst of that storm. The second painter won, won the contest because that is peace. That was a great picture of what peace really is. Peace is where God's calm and God's tranquilities overrides all of our concerns. Someone said, the peace of God is that eternal calm which lies far too deep in the praying, trusting soul for any external disturbances to shake them. We have another name of God this evening that we're going to share. And this name of God is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. And we're going to see that the Lord gave peace to Gideon and the same God of the same peace gives that same peace to his people today. God had given Gideon the commission of delivering the children of Israel out of the hand of the Midianite people the people who had taken over God's people. God's people had looked away from the Lord and the Midianites were overcoming and prevailing over them. And now God gives Gideon this commission to go take them over. And he, and he confirmed with Gideon through miracles and through a message of peace and giving him assurance as to how he was going to take the people over and, and God's people would triumph and that he would be able to lead and deliver Israel. 
It was on God giving him that word. It was on God's promise in advance. This this commission had not yet taken place that Gideon was going to lead in. And even before it took place, he was blessed with the peace of God because of God's promises, because of God's power, because of God's plan. And he erected an altar right there in Ophrah and he called it... He called it Jehovah Shalom before he ever entered into the engagement that God had planned for him. He was consumed with God's peace and he expressed it by this altar, which means the Lord is peace. The thought of going against the Midianites just on his own would bring about dread. It would bring about fear. It would bring about some anxiety, some concern, some doubt, some chaos and confusion with how this would take place. Just the thought of engaging against the Midianites could cause this in him. But the presence of the Lord and the peace of the Lord uh, gave Gideon peace to the point that he built this monument. And named it, the Lord is peace, Jehovah Shalom. As we think about this, as we think about this little bird in the picture and the peace he's experiencing with what comes before him, you and I have a task before us. You and I have commissions before us in life. And we're to go out. And we are to face them. This is a cruel world. This is a hard life, some people would say. And as we think about that, I'm sure to every single one of us, this tranquility that the Lord gives you and I, no matter what we go through, it's something that we desire. It's something we may have all tasted. It's something we want more of. Maybe we can recollect some times when we were not walking in God's peace, which He so readily provides for us. So may we learn tonight. May we be refreshed tonight on the experience, the daily experience of God's peace. And as we look through this chapter, uh, look to verse 6 with me. And we're first going to see, I'm not going to leave this one out, Israel called upon the Lord. This is where this peace started in this event and where we might say, well, of course, we're to call upon the Lord for his peace. We would be surprised how many don't, how many turn to other things and how many delay to call upon the Lord. But Israel called out to the Lord and verse six says Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried to the Lord. Look, this is the first step in the experience of the peace of God that he has for his children every day that sends us in the direction of peace is to truly call out to the Lord. I mean, seeing ourselves as helpless and seeing what's before us and rather than stewing in a depression or just throwing our hands up in the air, there is a peace in calling out to the Lord knowing he's there. Many people call out to alcohol. Other people call out to drugs. 
Some people call out to other people who are in need of peace themselves, who can't really be of help to the situation. And we need to call out to the Lord. It's where we will find strength for the task and shelter in the storm that we go through. Israel called out to the Lord and the Lord came to their call. Imagine that. They called out to the Lord and the Lord did answer. Uh, Jump with me to verse 12. And it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee. Praise God that the Lord answers our call to Him. You can trust that. You can know that. We have worded prayer requests. We have concern for loved ones, for their health, for their decisions. Loved ones in other states that we are not with. Loved ones that are ill. And the Lord hears our prayer. And when we call out to Him, He gives an answer. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Praise God, we can call upon the Lord, and He will come to our call, and He will hear us. But not only does He do that, He gives courage. The Lord went to Gideon, the leader of the children of Israel at the time, and gave courage. Let's look at the courage that the Lord gave First of all, in the end of verse 12 there, it says, Thou mighty man of valor. That's what the Lord calls Gideon. Gideon was over in the wine press and he was threshing wheat in the wine press and trying to hide out from the Midianites, but also trying to provide for God's people. It was a noble thing. The Lord encourages him with and gives him power. But not only does the Lord give him power, but we see the presence of the Lord shall be with him. In verse 16, it says, And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. He not only has his presence, though, in verse 23, we see this peace of the Lord with Gideon. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. All of these things, when when Israel called upon the Lord and the Lord answers this call, he gives courage to to their leader at the time, which is Gideon. The power he gives, the presence he offers, and the the peace that he gives are all things that encourage him. We also see not only that the Lord gave courage to Gideon, but he also gave a command. And we see this in verse 14. It says, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? There's no way that you and I are probably going to do what really needs to be done on our own in the tasks that are before us in life. It is so easy to try to put a band-aid on things. It's so easy to try to take a shortcut in life. And on our own, and we can know what needs to be done, but, but we just won't do, we won't be able to do it on our own. And many times we dodge the very best thing that we should do. Sometimes we don't even know what needs to be done. It's going to be 
be only a, a counsel and a direction that is found in the Lord. And we must call upon Him to face our commissions in life and the tasks that are before you and I. We are not going to be able to persevere. We're surely not going to do it in the peace of the Lord if we do not call upon the Lord. But when we do, He will answer. He will give us courage and He will give us instruction. And I'm thankful for that because the way that we would do things on our own is not the way that God wants them done. And He's not unfair. And He gives you and I instruction in His Word as to exactly what He wants us to do. The Lord gave a command and a commission to Gideon and He does the same thing to us. And as difficult and as overmatched as we are, isn't it a wonderful thought of experiencing this peace that only God gives as we go through the things that we go through in life? I tell you what, if we are walking on this path of peace in the Lord, there are some signs, there are some ways we're going to know it. And a couple of them is going to be by things that will stop happening things that are going to stop happening in our lives when we are seeking the Lord and walking in His peace. One thing we will do, we will stop looking back with questions. Look in verse 13. It says, And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. The questions that, that Gideon has, the backward tread that he makes, a lot of people are stuck there. Many people live in the past and their lives remain hindered by things in their past. And people, I know people that, that have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and they bring up things from their past, pains they've been through. Why have they had to go through what they've had to go through? And they have questions for God before they will trust in Him for His salvation. They get locked up in being forgiven of all of their sins because of something that had gone on before. And here in the beginning, as Gideon is a work in progress, he is dwelling on the past. He is looking back at something and he has questions for God about the past. I want you to notice in the following verse, the Lord does respond, but the Lord doesn't even give an answer to those questions. He always responds to us, but there is no answer. Look at what he says there in verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? He didn't even answer those questions about what had been going on and why they were in the hand of the Midianites. What he's, 
What he's shaping Gideon to do is to quit looking backward and, and quit with the questions and start looking forward in what the Lord has for him. He doesn't even bother to respond. The Lord is directing his focus forward and that's what he wants to do with you and I. We, we, we get in trouble running a race if we're looking behind us. You know... God's people are likened unto sheep in the Bible. And in some ways, maybe that's not very flattering to you because sheep are very helpless. Sheep are in great need of being led. They can so easily drift off and get caught in the thorns and the thicket and they are just bound up. They are in bondage and they're in need of help if they're not following the shepherd. One thing I will say about sheep, though, as I looked up the definition of that, one thing I found is moving forward. Sheep move forward. I went to the rodeo the other day and I, I love watching the mutton busting. Uh, I love it whenever these little three and four and five year old kids get on these sheep and they grab that cotton as tight as they can and they just take off and, and a couple of them make it to the end. A lot of them fall off quick, but they're just happy and they're waving, fall off in two seconds and they're happy. But that sheep just goes forward. They had this little temporary fencing up for the mutton busting and one sheep knocked it down and I mean they took off and they didn't look back. They were all moving forward. God wants you and I to move forward. The reason why He has some tasks ahead of us and some commissions for us is that we might continue to go forward with the Lord and He wants us to go forward in His mesmerizing peace, if you will. He wants us to have peace in the middle of our tasks that may be very difficult. We'll, we'll stop looking back with questions when we're walking in the peace of the Lord. Another thing, we will stop looking at our own ability when we have tasks ahead of us. Look at verse 15. It says, He said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. We literally, we must lose ourselves in the power, the presence, the promises, and the purposes of God for our lives. We must lose ourselves in Him. We must lose ourselves in His power. It is He that works through us for what He wants to get accomplished. It, we find so many verses that will that tell us that the Lord wants to use us and we can look to him too often. We look to ourselves for what's in front of us too often. We just look to the circumstances around us and we, we, we find a depression and a negativity about moving forward when the whole time we should be looking to heaven. We should be looking to the great help that God offers us in all we have to do. We are never told to try in our own ability. We are told to trust in the Lord's ability. He gives you the strength, the power, the everything, the guidance that you need. We're to trust Him and we're not to try. Don't leave here and just try to walk in the peace of the Lord. You give yourself to Him. You trust in His promises. You trust in who He is and you walk with Him. 
Peace is not found in the pride of man. Peace is found in the presence of God. I hope we all see ourselves as very weak and very needy uh, without Him, but knowing that whatever He calls us to in whatever task and whatever commission, He will give us the ability to do it. It's all lined out for success in God's plan. And peace along the way. When we are walking in peace, we're going to stop questioning from the past. And... And we're going to quit looking at our own limitations as far as trying to accomplish it. And we will look to Him. Not only that, we will worship the Lord. I I invite you to verse 19. Where Gideon has received the commission. And now Gideon says, and Gideon went in. And he made ready a kid and unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour. The flesh he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and brought it unto him under the oak and presented it. Such an offering like this that Gideon offered to the Lord was a way of worship. It was the sacrifices and the offerings were worship of God. And Gideon is worshiping the Lord. We're, we're in such a rust rush today and things are going so fast today and Gideon knows his task is at hand and 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 maybe he needs to catch on to when when he's consumed with these promises maybe he thinks he just needs to go and he just needs to to do what's before him but he stops and he worships the Lord this was a time-consuming offering because the flesh of the animal, the kid, the, the lamb probably was, was cut into small pieces and it was put on a stick like a kebab and it was roasted on the fire and the un, there were unleavened cakes and the fine flour. All of these things were representation of the pureness of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the worship of God and it was looking to the Messiah who was to come for the strength to be able to do this, just to stop and worship God. That's what that's what we need more of today. And I'm afraid something's getting lost in this busy cellular phone world that we're in. We meet, let's take our Sunday morning service, or not here necessarily, but just Sunday morning worship. We show up a few minutes before twelve for before eleven and we're here after twelve. Let's say we're here in an hour, an hour and a half. How many people really stop and give this time to God? How many people have everything else running through their minds and they don't even stop in reverence to God and worship Him? Worship Him because He's so good. Worship Him because He's given us our salvation. And we come to praise Him for our salvation. To consider what word He might have for us today. To be able to sing praises to Almighty God. I wonder how many people can't understand it when Brother Tim is broken in tears when he's singing. Is it just an immediate thing in his life? Or is God so great that he's just overwhelmed by it? We need to stop today and we need to worship the Lord. Things can wait. We don't have to be in this busy hurry that we're in. It's time to stop. It's time to slow down. 
there's someone that I love. I love them dearly. But every now and then I go to their house to have a meal. And when we bow in prayer, before we bow in prayer, someone may be cutting, cutting up food on a plate. You know, that, that stainless steel knife on that ceramic plate, you can hear it. And we bow in prayer, and this is what this person does. They bow their head and open their eyes, and you can hear them keeping on cutting during the prayer. I, I don't know. I, I don't know who can criticize, though. Who is really, who is really stopping and worshiping the Lord and getting strength from Him for the task at hand? Not, not rushing into it, not just looking to try to get over it and get past it and then just believing the Lord's going to help, but to really, to really stop and to worship Him. Some people use the Bible on their cell phones today, and I'm sure everyone puts it on airplane mode so that they're not interrupted by a text or not interrupted by an email or a Facebook post or anything like that. I just say that to say there's so many things trying to draw our focus away from the worship of God and we need to stop. Everything needs to stop. God is so amazing that you and I can come in here and truly be consumed by Him and everything that was consuming us before we came in. It just becomes so small compared to Him and worshiping the Lord Almighty God. When we're walking in the peace of God, we are going to stop and we're going to worship Him. We'll also forsake everything else. Look at verses 25 through 27. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. That's talking about different images around it. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. A sin offering offered for that, for that Baalish altar that was placed and told to go destroy it. I reckon that's going to cause some problems with his dad. You see it a little ways down. Maybe some other family members. Maybe his own countrymen. It's going to cause some issues there. The Bible tells us to, to love God more than mother and father. More than family. He is to be first. We must forsake all to be a disciple of the Lord God. Everything must be forsaken. We must follow exactly what the Lord wants, no matter what someone else might have to say about it. You know, the child of God sometimes can't even turn to his own family 
for wisdom and direction. The child of God has to go against his own family and what they stand for sometimes when it comes to matters of the Lord. You know, and what is going on here, what the Lord wants you and I to lose interest in is the same thing he wanted Gideon to lose interest in. He needed to lose interest in himself and his own ability. He had to have his mind erased and replaced with the plans of God. He had to to lose interest in himself. He had to lose interest in his enemies. As far as being consumed by him, he had to lose interest there. He had and he had to gain interest in the Lord. It had to be completely the Lord and nothing else. That offering was was symbolic of a completeness of just a focus on the Lord. May we never lose that simplicity that is in Christ. There's many gadgets, there's many ideas, there's there's many thoughts in contemporary Christianity today of, of what we need, a three-day seminar and all of these things. What we need is the simplicity that is in Christ. The same old precious promises that will never go away, that's what you and I must focus on. That's where our interest must be. This kept Gideon from retreating from the commission that was before him and facing it because he trusted in the promises of God and he was walking in his peace. I'm afraid there's some wasted time going on today and some wasted energy because the Lord has a task for you and I. He has a commission out there in front of us. And I'm afraid that many might be doing like the children of Israel just there in the wilderness due to lack of faith, due to lack of peace in what God promises that He will do. May we not be stirring in circles, holding back from what God has for you and I to do because we can walk in His peace. He didn't retreat from His commission and He didn't try to handle it in His own way which would have become failure. He became quiet before the raging storm. And you and I need to be quiet in worship with God. I'm not talking about sitting in the service. I'm talking about your meditation, your mindset, your heart, where your soul is at. To be quiet in worship with the Lord. That's where Gideon was before the raging storm that was before him. But he was found. He was found by the peace of God. I don't know if I told you about that guitar player before, but there's a guitar player sitting there and he's just strumming one chord. Why don't you play another one? Why don't you hit that fret? And why don't you make another sound? Why don't you give us something else? Why just that one chord? And he said, because I found it. In other words... It sounded good to him. It sounded fine. It was, it was completely satisfying. He didn't need anything else. He found what he needed. And you and I, we need to make sure that we're found by the peace of God in all that we go through. He's faithful to give his peace to us. May we have victory over the past, past sufferings. May we have victory over the thought of self, not being sufficient enough 
it doesn't matter. The future struggles, it's all taken care of in our hearts and our, in our souls by Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. It's a curse to ourselves not to walk in the peace of God that He has provided for us. Philippians 4, 7 says, The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. That peace of God is something continuous in the sanctified life, for every Christian. It's something that is offered for you and I daily. The peace of God. There's a difference in the peace of God and peace with God. Peace with God is when you're justified by faith. To trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior is to have peace with God. And every Christian always has peace with God. But every Christian does not always have the peace of God. Every Christian is not always walking in that peace that is provided for them. And it's a curse to ourselves for us to do that. We must slow down and go to that altar, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. He will take you through your days, through your trials, through your tasks before you with peace. And that's what we've been talking about, this peace of God for, for 30 minutes now. But there's no way to jump to that peace of God if peace with God has not been made. If you have not met the Lord in your heart and had your sins forgiven, if you do not have evidence in your life that you have truly trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It doesn't matter how much you liked hearing the things that you heard, or it doesn't matter how much you would like to jump into that peace of God. It takes peace with God first. So if you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He has the peace of a home in heaven, the peace of your sins forgiven for you, and then the peace of God to handle this life it was said earlier during praise report that I don't see how anybody walks through this life without God's salvation. And even better than that is his salvation and walking in his peace. Having that tranquility during your turmoil for everything that you need. Don't leave here tonight, please, if you have not been assured in your heart and you have evidence, you know that you're a child of God. Because you need that peace with God before you walk in the peace of God. Corey Gerard would you?